What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For a radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, those tuning in through iHeartRadio and Amazon Music, we're glad you all could be with us as well. When I say the name Mike Rowe, of course, we all know him from his popular show, Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe. He also, of course, has the podcast, The Way I Heard It. But he's an individual who also uses his platform to be able to give back as well. He has a foundation called the Mike Rowe Works Foundation. We're going to talk to him today not only about what it's been like for him to have the success he has, but also to be able to introduce us, I think, to jobs and appreciation for individuals who do certain jobs that maybe we didn't have before and the work that his foundation is doing that all of us can help to support as well. Mike, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it. Anytime, Cyrus. I appreciate it. So, Mike, this is a real honor to be able to speak with you. Of course, you know you have fans literally around the world because we do know you, of course, primarily from the show Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe. What has that been like for you, Mike, to be able to become known for taking us into jobs that a lot of us didn't even realize or appreciate their impact? Well, it's been very strange, and it's been wonderful. <laughs> um, it's not the. It wasn't part of the plan. I was 42 back in 2002. And I'd been working in TV for a long time. And uh, Dirty Jobs was just a, a short tribute to my granddad, who uh, mm-hmm. was a guy who could build a house without a blueprint, um, a skilled tradesman who only went to the seventh grade but was nevertheless immensely talented. Anyhow, the show went on the air. We got 10,000 letters from people who were saying, wow, you know, if you think that was dirty, where do you meet my granddad, my brother, my cousin, my sister, my mom, whatever? And that's how it started. And ever since then, um, I mean, it's been on the air literally every day for 20 years. So I kind of forced gumped my way into that. And the doors that have opened as a result uh, have been myriad. And I've walked through a lot of them. (laughs) And, And one of them was an opportunity to run a foundation that tried to shine a light on many of the jobs that we featured on that show. So it's, it's been gratifying in the sense that things have gone full circle. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's always great to, to work on something that people like and at the same time feels uh, worthwhile, I suppose. Because yeah. I've done, I mean, honestly, Cyrus, I've been, in, like I said, TV is not a, it's not the industry you get in to do something that makes you, that that validates whatever higher purpose you think you might have. So right. I got good cards, and I got lucky. Yeah. Well, I think, but with that, with that, um, 
the good cards, Mike, I think people would look at you and say, but you also have been so passionate about this because there's no way you could be able to do this if you were not passionate about it. And sharing these stories, because that's the reason why I love Dirty Jobs. Yes, of course, you know, we're able to take this journey with you on these different jobs, but it's the stories you're able to share of these people that I think is so impactful. You also share stories with your podcast, The Way I Heard It. Talk to us about that because the world definitely has evolved in the way we're getting information. Podcasts are so popular these days as we are also utilizing that platform even outside of radio. What has that been like for you to even build a larger audience, Mike, that way of people who've gotten to know you, yes, but now are interested in what you have to say about the things of the day? Well, nobody wants a lecture. Nobody wants a sermon. But people are curious. And I think there's been a certain uh, fatigue, maybe, with celebrities and a certain uh, weariness that's set in with the predictability that so often informs the the formats that you see on TV and in podcasting as well. So right. all I've tried to do over the last 20 years is, is stay true to the model that launched Dirty Jobs, which was no second takes, be genuinely curious, uh, look for the humor, if there is any, to find. And if there is a joke, just remember it's probably on you. And that's kept most of these endeavors on their feet. The podcast is no different. It's, uh, it's conversations with people that I think you should know who have done something that I found either inspirational or curious or just funny, um, mostly like the people we featured on Dirty Jobs. They're, they're not really anonymous. They're just not famous. So yeah. I talked to retired Green Berets who were instrumental in helping get loyal Afghans out of Afghanistan during the withdrawal. Uh, currently, there's a podcast up with a coach named Bill Courtney who uh, stepped in to coach a, a really hard luck football team at a high school in Memphis. And his efforts there turned into a documentary, and he won an Academy Award for it. And so the world's full of people who have, have done, I think, notable things. And so to sit down and have a beer with them and an honest conversation is a, uh, is a consummation devoutly to be wished, as the Bard would have put it. I would be remiss, Mike, if I didn't mention uh, my, uh, of course, loving doing this show, but also I'm a nerd by nature. So, of course, I also have read your book by the name of the podcast, the way I heard it. Um, at the time we're having this conversation, it is literally, even though it came out in 2021, it literally is a top 25 right now bestseller in history books, in history humor. Uh, I bring that up because I think that's the different things about the way you've been able to impact people through television, through podcasts, of course, through audio that way, and now the written word. I mean, you're being an author. Was that just a natural progression, or is it just something that came out of the work you were doing? That was actually the hardest thing to do for me because it's the thing I enjoy the most, and I didn't want to screw up my hobby. I like to write. You know, I've, I've always written because it, it's one of those activities that, for me anyway, uh, compresses time. You know, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I, I sat down to, to write a story on the tarmac of SFO and looked up a couple minutes later to see I'm on the tarmac at IAD or LaGuardia. Um, the podcast originally was a collection of short stories that were written in the style of Paul Harvey, uh, his old you know um, show called The Rest of the Story. I, I love 
that growing up. So, yeah, the book you're talking about was a collection of some of the some of those stories interspersed with a memoir, and I I didn't want to I didn't want to write a memoir because I it just seems so vainglorious, and I and I didn't really want to commit to writing a book because, like I said, I, it, it was it was a hobby. It was a thing I just loved to do for the fun of it. But in the end, it turned out to be another way to to do the same sort of thing to to tell a story that isn't a lecture or a sermon. And and I think that you know if the publishing world will still have me, yeah, I'll do another one and hopefully another one after that. But in the end, Cyrus, you know, it's a it's a it's a strange and and wonderful time to navigate because the podcast space is real. And the publishing space is real. And the TV space is real. And the speaking space is real. And radio is still real. And there, there's a lot of ways to tell the stories. And uh, cracking the code is a fun challenge. Such a great thing. And you do it so well, Mike. And we're so glad to share that. And especially in the way you're giving back with the foundation as well, with Mike Rowe Works Foundation. Everyone, Mike Rowe has been our guest. If you guys are not staying connected with him and the work of the foundation, you guys can go to microworks.org. That's microworks.org. We'll link that up for you guys on the podcast side. But also you can stay connected with everything with the podcast and Mike is doing at microwe.com as well. Mike, congratulations to you on your continued success and, and definitely would love to speak with you again. Anytime, Cyrus. Your your listeners should know we're we're giving away a million dollars in work ethic scholarships right now. We've been doing it for 15 years, and uh, the opportunities are real in the skilled trades. And uh, I'm delighted to tell those stories as well. Yeah, so definitely, you guys go over there to microworks.org so you guys can find out more information about that. Mike, appreciate you so much, and we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care. <laughs>